How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here. We're in the studio. Hot takes with TP3. You already know what's going on. Today is June 16th. It's a Saturday. Uh, I had to come to y'all on a Saturday just because this week's been weird. Our uh, editing software has been down, so I wanted to make sure to get y'all another podcast out there as I just released the other one yesterday. It was from Monday, so it was kind of a delay, and we had the World Cup special, so I hope y'all listen to that. It's a great preview for everything going on in the World Cup. I would still go listen to it if you're trying to get into the World Cup. Lots of stuff that still applies as long as we're in the group stages. So, I mean, that's always a good one to go back and listen to, but let's get down to it, guys. So I'm going to talk this for the about NBA free agency today, a little bit about the NFL, and then we'll get on out of here. But We'll, t- we'll be hammering the NBA draft next week. That's all we're going to talk about next week, mainly, is the NBA draft and the World Cup. I'm excited for the NBA draft next week, but we'll lay off that until then. So let's talk about the top 10 free agents going into the NBA draft and what it's looking like right now. This is obviously my pre-draft top 10 free agents. I'm not counting Kevin Durant on these top 10 free agents solely because he said he's 100% re-signing with Golden State. So my number one free agent, as naturally, is LeBron James. I'm not going to go too much into LeBron. I'm kind of with y'all and tired of hearing everybody on every platform just talk about where LeBron's going 24-7. It's a complete toss-up. Uh, quickly, I think his best fit is the Spurs or Houston, like I said on the last podcast. I mean, I just think that him and Pop and Kawhi, Kawhi is a great number two, and him and Pop, that's two great basketball minds together. Don't forget about LaMarcus Aldridge, guys like Danny Green. I mean, it'll be weird to see what they have to do with the rest of the roster. As same thing with Houston. LeBron Harden CP3 is going to be an absolutely unstoppable force on offense. LeBron's even said that he would like to kind of spot up and shoot more and play off ball a little bit to continue his career. And I mean, I think that's a great move by LeBron to continue your career, you know, have the ball in your hand less, get your usage rate down a little bit more, obviously still impact the game a lot more, especially on the defensive end. We all know LeBron can lock people up, so that'd be a nightmare for Golden State. But I think what's most likely to happen is at LeBron to LA, they have all the cap space to acquire him and another max player. I just think everything plays out well there and it'll be weird to see what players they get rid of personally I think they should keep coups out of all the guys they have him or Brandon Ingram but it's not up to it's not up to what I want. It's what LA thinks. I don't think they should keep Zoe. I just think LeBron's better off being their point guard. But I mean, we'll see what they end up doing here. I mean, I think LA though is the most likely destination. But like I said, I don't think it's a great fit. I don't think they can get out of that stacked up Western Conference. I would take Houston and Golden State over them in that West, and possibly even the Pelicans. I mean, Anthony Davis and them are going to be a force. Up next. Um, I have Paul George as my number two free agent. I think his best fit is Oklahoma City. And I personally think it's Oklahoma City because he completely changed his game when he played there and learned how to play with Westbrook. I just think it's Melo who's hogging all the money out there and leaves them without flexibility to bring in other players. I mean, this guy, Paul George, he got second in the NBA and made threes. I mean, that's him completely changing his game. He's never really been a three-point shooter like that. And he shot over 40% from the three-point line for the first time in his career. The only other time he did was the season when he came back and played six games after breaking his legs, so that doesn't even count because he didn't have enough minutes or games played to qualify. So I think that PG 
in Oklahoma City works well with him and Westbrook. Like I said, it's like the Harden Paul thing. They play better when there's one suit when there's uh, two superstars in the system, and I think that's what would happen again. So if I were Paul George, I would stay put where I'm at. But where I think he's going to go is L.A. I think him and LeBron are going to meet up out there and try to form kind of a super team. I'll get into what third player I think could go there. I think it's a long shot for Kawhi to get traded there. Obviously, they said they met together yesterday. I just really don't see Kawhi Leonard going over there, though. I just feel like the Spurs are not going to trade him and give him up. He's too valuable of an asset, and I think they'll find a way to kind of fix the relationship, you know, between them. So I definitely look for Paul George and LeBron to play together in L.A. next year. That's my prediction as of right now. And number three, I have Chris Paul. Um, I think his best fits Houston. Uh, I just feel like that what he did last season with Dan, the way D'Antonio made him and Harden work together and everything they did together was amazing. I think these two guys will stay together once again. I mean, these two guys are great players, and I think this is a really good team they have here, and we saw what they could have done. Imagine if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. They might be the ones raising the trophy right now. So that's a lot for Chris Paul to think of. Where do I think is his best fit? I'm going to stick with the same thing. I think Houston is his best fit. I mean, I just gave you all tons of reasons. I don't see him leaving. I mean, it's crazy though to think that him and Capella could depart from Houston along with Trevor Ariza. Ariza, a guy who said he wants to go join Golden State if they'll let him so he can chase a ring, which is really soft and lame, but I think Harden and Paul could convince him to return to this team. Um, I think though that Houston could get really screwed here, or they could be great beneficiaries of this free agency with they could get LeBron and DeAndre Jordan, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. At number four, I got DeMarcus Cousins. I think he fits best personally in Portland. I think him in a sign-in trade or just going there straight up as a free agent in Portland, clearing a little cap space to get him. Um, I think that team would be amazing. I mean, Cousins, McCollum, and Lillard, that gives them kind of that third star they've been missing out on, or even just Lillard and Cousins. If they did a sign-in trade between with CJ and Boogie, which is one I've talked about a few times, I just feel like... Portland has to change something up and bring in DeMarcus Cousins will help them change that up. It gives them kind of a point uh, point forward, point center, whatever you want to call him, who can stretch the floor with this three-point shot as well as move the ball up and down the court well. So I feel like that this Portland team has to change something considering the fact that they had their best season they've ever had with Damian Lillard as the number one guy and no LaMarcus Aldridge. And yet they still got uh, the three seed in the e- in the West and then they got swept in the first round. So that's why they got to change it up. Three seeds the best they can get and they still need to change it up. Bring No better way to change up than bringing in Boogie Cousins. So at number five, I have Isaiah Thomas. A lot of people hate Isaiah Thomas, and like I've seen multiple lists where he's outside of the top ten best available free agents, but y'all know how I feel about Isaiah Thomas. I kind of like the fact he shut down the season early to go ahead and get that surgery, recover quick, and be back and ready to rock. Um, I actually think that he could be a big piece to a team in the East. I really think he could go back there and rebuild his brand. I think he should try to sign a one- or two-year big deal, and in that one- or two-year big deal, I think he should go with Detroit or um, New York. I think that's his best fit and most likely where he'll go as a team like that. I don't really see a team that's a big-time competitor right now going after IT. I mean, maybe the Pelicans could and try to put him at one and put Drew Holiday at the two. Personally, I don't really see them trying to do that because we saw how he's kind of a cancer in Cleveland. So looking at Isaiah Thomas in New York or Detroit, I think they have lots of wings who are big and athletic that can defend. Like, for example, they have Holiday and they have uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Both those guys are athletic and can defend the wings a little bit. You throw Isaiah Thomas in there at point guard, even Nick Talia in there at shooting guard or something like that. I mean, you got a real serious team along with Porzingis and Cantor, so I like things right there. I mean, you go look at uh, Detroit, you got Luca Kennard from Duke. I mean, he can kind of defend. He can shoot the three ball a little bit. You got Stanley Johnson, and then you got Drummond and Blake Griffin, so Isaiah Thomas would be an absolute beast on that team. I really think that's where he should go, and I think that's a team that should offer him the big deal. I think he can make a huge difference in Detroit, and he could take this team from a eight from anywhere from probably like a six to a 
10 to 12 spot in the East to a for sure top six team in the East. I think that absolutely locks Detroit in right there. If they get Isaiah Thomas, I think he puts him over the top. So this guy's small. He's been under underrated his entire career. He's even been bashed like he has been now. Trust me, he'll prove all y'all wrong. Just wait for it. Number six, I got Jabari Parker. Um, he's a restricted free agent, and I personally think that what Jabari Parker is going to end up doing here is get a huge offer sheet from a team like Dallas. Um, possibly, I don't know if Milwaukee will offer him a contract at first, but he'll get a big offer sheet from a Dallas or an Atlanta or just some team like that that's in the lottery right now and is trying to sign a young player with potential because that's what Jabari Parker is. We saw he had that 20-point season before he got injured. I mean, he came back from the injury this season and he played well. He's a power forward. You can shoot the ball. He's very versatile. I mean, he was the number two overall pick when he came out of college. He's still got a lot of developing left to do. Personally, I think his best fit is in Milwaukee. I feel like that him and Giannis could do great things with Giannis at point guard and him playing three or four out there. I think he gives them lots of uh, space. I think he helps them space the floor well and he's very versatile in his skill set. So I think he fits it's best in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's probably going to have to end up uh, matching a huge offer sheet. If they don't, I think he should take a smaller contract and go to a team that's tanking where he can be the number one guy and prove his brand and take like a one or two year deal where he can do that, stay healthy, and then he can go get a fat deal from a playoff team. So I think Jabari Parker still has lots of potential. And I personally think he can still be in the all-star in this league. And number seven, I have Julius Randle, who to me is like a Draymond Green, minus his outside shot a little bit. He plays with such great energy and effort. I think his best fit is out in L.A. I mean, he played well with L.A. all year. Personally, I think L.A. is going to end up getting guys like LeBron and Paul George, so they won't have the cap space to pay him. I think his best fit is on a, another tanking team with young talent like Dallas or Phoenix. It's going to go out there and pay him money and big bucks. I think he should try to sign a max deal or close to it, and I think he will get a pretty fat deal from whoever ends up signing him. But I really do think Julius Randall's a good fit for any of these teams. He's a young guy who's going to come in and play with a lot of energy and effort into a young team. When you're building a core, he's a guy you can add in your core as a two or three option in your team. So I really love the things he can do. Also, wouldn't mind seeing OKC go out there and try to get him once the cap space frees up, if they can get mellow off their books. I think that he would be a great fit with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, or even if Paul George departs, I think he would just his energy and effort that he plays with. And he's obviously a very skilled player. So I really like Randall. Moving ahead at number eight, I got Clint Capella. Um, I think that Capella is also restricted, just like Randall. I mean, I don't think Randall's contract, like I said earlier, would get matched, but Capella is restricted. Houston can match it. I think his best fits in Houston. I mean, Capella has really no moves. All he's good for, he was second in the league in shot blocking. He's an amazing rebounder. Where he's top five in the league in rebounding, but offensively, let's be honest, guys, he has no moves. How are you going to pay a max deal to someone who has no moves? That's my thing with Capella. I love him to death. I think he does so much good stuff, but you can't can't pay a max deal to a player with no offensive moves who can't shoot free throws. So I think that Houston should only pay up to about 14 to $16 million to keep him around at that point. I would say see you later. And I think a team like Phoenix or a young team as well that's trying to build a young core will go out and pay him the big bucks because this guy's very young. So look out for that to happen with Capella at number nine. I have DeAndre Jordan, who to me is basically an older version of Capella. He is a player option currently with the Clippers. I think his best fits either with Cleveland, Houston, or the Clippers. I think he's a good fit on a playoff team. I really think the Clippers are going to use these two draft picks to possibly trade for a guy like Kimball Walker to move up higher in the draft. I'll get into next week how that that Kimball Walker being traded could really shake up later in the lottery in the latter part of the top 10, early part of the um, early part of the teens. So I really think Kimball Walker could 
could shake things up there. But I just think Jordan, I mean, he's a guy who can block shots, get tons of rebounds for you. He got better at shooting free throws this season. I think he can do lots of good stuff for y'all there for any team this season. So I personally think you should accept his player option, stick around one more year, then go out there and get the money. We all know the money's not as big as it used to be for those centers. So I think he needs to go get paid for now and then worry about what he's going to do later. At number 10, finally, of Aaron Gordon, another restricted free agent from the Orlando Magic. Personally, I don't think that the Magic will re-sign him or go pay him his money. I think it was stupid they didn't even trade him. I think his best fit, just like Jabari Parker's any tanking team, he's another player out of Arizona with high potential. He's kind of a tweener between that small forward, power forward. Like Jabari Parker, I think he could lose some weight and go out there and play three and be a little more effective. I mean, this kid's got bounce. We saw him in the dunk contest and everything. I think Dallas is kind of in the position where they're going to go try to pay a player a little bit more money to come there and play that has a lot of potential like this, like a Jabari Parker or um, Aaron Gordon. I even saw they try to trade for Aaron Gordon. They like these players that have the potential to blow up, kind of be later bloomers out of their draft class. So I really think that's his best fit is Dallas, and I could realistically see him going there. But this kind of concludes what I got for y'all on these on my top 10 uh, pre-draft free agents. There's tons of other good free agents out there. Once the draft's over, I'll be hammering all of them for y'all. But next week, we're going to talk lots of draft needs and trust me guys i'm gonna have so much for y'all in the hawks draft all i've been doing is looking at it that's all i can think about is the hawks draft so let's move on now to little nfl all right so obviously the big story coming out of the nfl training camps are kind of starting up a little mandatory stuff and we got some big time holdouts so the first holdout i'm going to talk about here is earl thomas and before i get into what i'm going to say about him i'm every holdout i'm going to talk about i'm going to talk about how i think this is going to affect the team and if i think they need to be there or if i think they should keep holding out for their money obviously or if they're hurting their team by doing this so Earl Thomas obviously guys the Seahawks have a young secondary we've seen the secondary completely fall apart they have a Shaquille Griffin brother Shaquem Griffin in that secondary who's a good young player I mean lots of things going on Cam Chancellor's got that neck injury that I think might hold him out for the whole season possibly so they really need Earl Thomas in there he's guys 29 years old personally I think Seattle should try to get him to come in there and play at best if I was Seattle I'd sign him to a two-year deal but I really don't think it's worth it to the Seahawks to go out and pay a ton of money to Earl Thomas just because one you might not you might not want him going forward because he's getting older and two this team's kind of in a rebuilding stage a little bit on defense and especially in that secondary so I think paying the big bucks to Earl Thomas isn't a good move unless you really think in the next two or three years you can have a playoff team again so I personally weigh this on the uh, worry scale if I'm Seattle not very high just because of those reasons I would let him hold out and see if he'll come back and play if not try to work out a trade or something but I feel like he's the least of your worries right now if you're Seattle number two I have Julio Jones um, Julio never practices to begin with so I don't really think it's a big deal for Atlanta Julio another guy who's 29 years old I think Atlanta should just go ahead and extend him for three more years on on top of what he's already getting make him the highest paid wide receiver in the league why not keep Julio happy he's done absolutely nothing but ball out we traded up and gave up all those assets to acquire him he's even said he wants to finish his career out in Atlanta why not let him do it why not just go ahead and make the move so if I'm Atlanta I'm going to go ahead and pay Julio his money and make the kid happy and I think it's the best way to do everything for Atlanta but if I'm Atlanta I'm not concerned right now about him missing time I just make sure you can reach that deal with him because that's crucial uh Taylor Luan for the Titans 
Offensive tackle, obviously, he's a force on the offensive line. He's probably one of the best ones in the draft. I really wish the Falcons had drafted him instead of uh, Jake Matthews. I mean, that would have been awesome to have him in there. But I personally think he needs to get out there on the field, and the Titans need to go ahead and pay him. He's kind of on a rookie deal, and he's been an absolute baller, so he needs his money. If I'm Tennessee, I'd put this uh, above, like, on a six on a scale of one to ten of their worry. I mean, they have a new offensive coordinator in Matt LaFleur, so I really think he needs to get out there in their schemes, and they all need to get comfortable in the new offense together. David Johnson, I have the same thing. I put him kind of as a, as a, I'll put him at a four, even though they have a new offensive coordinator in Mike McCoy. I just feel like that running backs, they're not as necessary to practice just because they get hurt and stuff as long as they're staying in shape. And I mean, we've seen videos of Luan, Julio, David Johnson, Earl Thomas, all on their Instagrams of them getting after in workouts and staying in shape. Even Aaron Donald, Brady and Bell, who are the other holdouts. I mean, so none of them are just sitting around eating Cracker Jacks and watching the World Cup. They're all getting after it and just training on their own until they get these contracts from their teams um, next up I have Tom Brady I think that Tom Brady and Belichick kind of had a big falling out which I'll get into in here in the coming weeks we're going to have a Patriots guest on once again to get a little argument going on but I really think that this team's kind of falling apart because it's kind of the Belichick way and Brady wants it to be his way after what happened in the Super Bowl so I think there's a little wrath between these two and Brady's just like screw this I'm not taking a pay cut for this BS so I think they need to go make Brady happy obviously I mean, after losing a uh, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers you kind of have to make Brady happy you really have no choices so I think that this is also a level five of concern for the Patriots I think Brady will end up playing but go give him his money you need him out because you need him out there um, up next I have Aaron Donald and I think that the level of concern here is a one or a two Aaron Donald sat out last season and got defensive player of the year so I don't really think there's anything to worry about with him missing time but if I were them once again I'd go play go out there and pay Aaron Donald. This guy's an absolute freak of nature. He can blow your entire backfield up. I mean, I, the thing that I always remember about Aaron Donald, besides my my college memory of him at Pittsburgh when he got thrown out of the bowl game for taunting twice because they tried to double and triple team him and they couldn't even stop him and he got ejected for taunting them and not being able to block him, which I thought was kind of soft by the, by the officials, but... Russell Wilson loves to run around in circles in the backfield and try to make plays with his legs. I remember watching him try to do it twice against the Rams when the Seahawks or when the Seahawks got absolutely annihilated by them in week 16. And Aaron Donald literally just grabbed him and threw him to the ground. I've never seen Russell Wilson look so defeated and so just like, damn, I can't get away from anybody right now. Like, give me a break. And so if I were them, I would go out and pay Donald. Obviously not a high, high um, risk here, but I mean, they need to get him out there on the field before the season starts. Last but not least, Le'Veon Bell. Personally, if I were the Steelers, I wouldn't even worry about this. Le'Veon will accept that uh, that franchise tag he has, and he will go out there and play. If I were the Steelers, though, if you really want to keep him long-term, I'd go out there and get a deal. If you just want him for the season, then let him be and let him do his thing, then let him walk after the season's over, which is what I think Pittsburgh's more leaning towards. Pittsburgh, we all know they always keep a stable of good running backs, so I think they're not really worried here, and they might try to move on from Le'Veon after the season's open over. But uh, if I were them, I would just let things chill out. I think Le'Veon will report. So really the only two spots of worry I have here are for Taylor Lewan and Brady. I just think the Brady and Belichick relationship keeps falling apart more and more and more and more. And then on top of that, I just think Lewan needs to get out there with his new offensive coordinator. All right, guys. So to conclude today's podcast, once again, we'll give you all another lightning round. Um, first thing I want to say is watch out for World Cup. Uh, go follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. I've got my World Cup bets and all kinds of other stuff on there. Starting Monday, most of my uh, lightning rounds will be majority World Cup. I'm going to try to do the World Cup 3 where I pretty much 
three minutes where I just talk about the World Cup and all the big storylines that are going on and the games that are going to happen that day and the next day and all that good stuff for you all. So I'm really going to try to throw a lot more World Cup in here. It's one of my favorite sporting events once again. And I just think it needs to be in the limelight a little bit more, even though America's not in it. But um, let's get down to it. I mean, Lamar Jackson and Marty Morningwig, there's lots of good stories coming out of uh, Baltimore right now about how those two are uh, coming together well. I mean, Morningwig was the offensive coordinator when that Mike Vick came to Philly, and he was really the one who helped Mike Vick get his career revived and put up the numbers that he did while he's in Philadelphia. So I really think he can do the same thing with Lamar Jackson to help develop him. I mean, they say that he looks great. They just have to have to help him sit in the pocket, which Lamar likes to do, and then get out of the pocket and make big plays with his legs and not get hurt like an RG3. I think he's more on the Michael Vick side of the scale and Russell Wilson side of the scale than the RG3 side of the scale, which is a good thing. I think Jackson will keep getting better, and I think we could see him this season, but I'll table that debate for next week. Um, the Astros, they're on an eight-game win streak right now. They have now taken back first place by .5 games from the Mariners, so half a game lead right now on them. They have won seven out of their last eight on the road. This started with beating the Mariners, and then they have beat up on two kind of weaker teams on the road, but, I mean, that's not a bad thing necessarily. After this weekend, they uh, or they have a weekend series versus the Royals where they could definitely make a bigger gap for themselves, and then they go back home, and they have Tampa, Toronto, and Kansas City all coming to town, so really an easy stretch of the schedule right here for the Astros who had a rough stretch of the schedule which I talked about a couple weeks ago where they had to play the Yankees and the Indians and the Red Sox all in a all in like a couple games span so I really think this is a good chance for the Astros to get to win a lot of games and get a decent lead on the Mariners and kind of start to pull away from a team that lost Robinson Cano so that's huge for them but this concludes today's podcast once again follow me on Twitter for at hot takes with TP3 um, out of our last 10 locks this morning or uh, yesterday Uruguay versus um Egypt was a push, so that was the only bet that we haven't won out of our last 10. So, I mean, at 9-1-0 and 0 is not bad at all. We haven't been losing, so keep looking out for those. You know I'm going to help you all out. That's free money for you all, free money for everybody. So go out there and get that free money. But this concludes today's podcast. Once again, I'll see you all next week. What's up, guys? So originally I had recorded this podcast on Friday and was just going to release it for you all on Saturday. But the big news came out about Kawhi. So I was like, if I'm going to release this on Saturday, i got to have something on here about Kawhi wanting out of San Antonio. So it's just announced via shams that he wants out of San Antonio obviously um, I can't blame him here everything was handled here pretty badly I think it's the best move for Kawhi to keep winning and stuff I think the Spurs team's getting older and they've kind of gone down more but in all seriousness I see him going to LA 100% so the biggest thing is obviously Kawhi has this season and the next season he's a free agent but what he's going to use his leverage to go where he wants to go is he's just going to tell te- the Spurs trade me wherever you want to but he's going to say to those teams I'm not going to resign unless it's a team I want to resign with so nobody's going to give up half their franchise or whatever they have to give up to acquire Kawhi and have him walk in the offseason. So I think he's 100% going to go to the Lakers. He said he'd probably resign too if he went to the Lakers. Woj just said that. So I 100% see him going there. Um, I also think the Lakers have the best pieces to offer them. So the Lakers have uh, Zoe Kuz, Brandon Ingram, and Julius Randle, all of which they can offer. Obviously, Julius Randle has to want to go to the Spurs in a sign-and-trade, which I don't know why he wouldn't want to go to the Spurs. I think he'd be a great fit for that team and his skill set and everything he does. So let's say best-case scenario they can keep Kuz and Zoe and they can trade Ingram and Randall I don't that is if Randall wants to go there let's say Randall doesn't want to then they're gonna have to do uh, Zoe Kuz or, or Ingram out of those three personally I don't know if the Spurs will want Zoe and everything that comes with him with LeVar and LaMelo and LiAngelo and all the BS the ball family has turned and done and stuff I don't know if the Spurs and Greg Popovich want to put up with that Greg Popovich seems like the kind of guy who doesn't want anything like that and I think him and uh, Zoe would clash a lot with their personalities not necessarily Zoe because it's not really him it's more 
more so LeVar. I just think that Pop and LeVar would hate each other and it would just not be a good marriage there. So I really see probably Kuz and Ingram going over there to the Spurs in, in maybe a future first or a couple seconds or something like that. A future pick there regardless for um, – Kawhi Leonard, I just feel like that Kawhi would be a great fit in L.A. I mean, him, LeBron, and PG, what they could do on defense, I mean, I think it definitely means that these players are coming here if, if Kawhi gets traded to L.A. Kawhi gets traded to L.A., LeBron's there in a heartbeat. I mean, like I said earlier, I think he's the perfect number two piece to go there. I know I said as well earlier on this podcast that I really thought Westbrook and PG play well together. I still do stand by that statement. I don't have a problem with PG staying there, but I don't really see that happening that way now. I see uh, it being PG, LeBron, and uh, Kawhi together. I mean, they would be freakish on defense. I mean, trying to score on them. I mean, PG's worked on his three-point shot, so he can go spot up and shoot threes, and he doesn't seem like a guy either. He wants that number one player spotlight on a team. So I think this is the perfect marriage. LeBron gets two perfect number two players who are big, long, and athletic that are kind of have guard skills but are more so forward players. I mean, Kawhi's the best defensive player in the league. Just imagine that team. It's going to be a question to see who they have in their center. I think they'll just have a couple platoon guys they can rotate in and out, and they'll probably Probably have Lonzo Ball in there as their starting point guard. I would personally love to see him keep Kuzma and be able to start him down there at big man. And then just get another big man, just kind of use your three forwards as guards and uh, PG, LeBron, and Kawhi. But it's going to be kind of weird. This kind of starts, I think, positionless basketball and shows more how the center is very undervalued and how players by position and having players that are specific position don't really matter as much in this league and this NBA. But it's a lot of food for thought there. But like I'm telling y'all, I definitely see him see uh, Kawhi wearing a Lakers jersey next season. The other big option I think you have the next best package to offer him, offer him is Philadelphia. I don't think Philadelphia is going going to want to give up a guy like Ben Simmons in a trade like this. So the next question is, what's the next best thing they give up? They could give up Covington Fultz in that 10th pick in this draft. That's some more food for thought there. If they want to do something like that, personally, I think they get the better deal from the Lakers, but we'll see what they want. But like I said, I think those are the two best landing spots for him. I mean, Kawhi would also be able to help them get LeBron over there to Philadelphia. So I really think wherever Kawhi goes, LeBron's going to follow him, whether it's LA or Philadelphia. So like I said yesterday on Twitter that I felt like that LeBron was waiting on that. It'd be weird to see if LeBron waits on the free agents or if they wait on him. Personally, I said I think they'd wait on him, but it looks like now just waiting to see where Kawhi Leonard goes. So lots of stuff coming for them here from the NBA, but I'm going to flip it over to NFL now. I got him on Zans and the Rats. The home and the ran with the Dyers. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fitness store in my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got to wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't sleep at my house. Make sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking off cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army bitch my lap.